Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey friends, this episode of A Tiny Revolution is brought to you by Reimagination Masterclass, a 12-week group spiritual direction cohort designed to help you move deeper into the spiritual practice and life you are always meant to live. Class is in session on September 22nd, so go to thekevingarcia.com slash masterclass to learn more. And just so you know, there's a pretty sweet discount that lasts until the 22nd. So go over to that right now before you do anything else. I love you. Let's start the show. A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, so adult language is going to be present, just so you know. Hey friends, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. Welcome to episode 100. Oh my god. Um... I mean, this episode was recorded back in July during the Wild Goose Festival, but it's just, I made it. We're here. We made it to episode 100. Can you freaking believe that? Um, I'm pretty stoked and pretty blown away by um, this thing that we created together. I could start off with me in a basement with a really uh, no idea what I was doing. And, you know, now I'm recording this in LA with some friends and about to go do some cool stuff. And it all really happened because you guys showed up and kept listening and to all the new folks who are finding the podcast now i'm really thrilled that you're here thank you for being a part of this uh, journey with me and, and joining in i hope you go back and listen to some of my favorite episodes which over the course of the next few weeks i'm going to be doing um some encore episodes because right now i'm really focusing on finishing my book but i don't want to not put things out so uh, you'll be hearing some encore episodes of my favorite conversations with uh, my friends here on Tiny Revolution. So, um, yeah, welcome to episode 100. What a crazy freaking time to be alive, you guys. Um, a few things before I dive into just introducing who I'm talking to on the podcast. Um, right now, I'm enrolling for my master class, and there's a really, really sweet discount happening right now till the 23rd. Um, it's a long story short, it's a spiritual direction cohort because I know so many people, so many of us out here have been trying to get over our spiritual trauma and we don't know how to do it. And I personally believe it happens through vulnerability and the only time we're vulnerable is when we are together. But how many times are we actually together in the same space? Not often. So that is what the reimagination masterclass is all about. Trying to help you figure out what is it? in your life that you actually want and how can we help you attain that how can we get you there Um, how can we help reimagine the realities you have so you can reignite your dreams and reclaim the life that you were always meant to live yes that was alliteration and yes i am a preacher slash pastor so what can i say i can't get it out of my blood (laughs) um but if you're curious about it go over to thekevingarcia.com slash masterclass and enroll today i'm only taking 12 folks so if you're curious about it at all um sign up and best part um it's not gonna break the bank either there's financing available for as little as 85 bucks a month and trust me 
for other group coaching programs out there. That is a steal. So go check it out, thekevingarcia.com slash masterclass. That's all I want to say about that. And that's all the introduction I'm going to give for the show because I actually introduced the guests at the beginning of the podcast and you probably already looked at the title of the show and you know who's going to be on here. So why prolong this any longer? So this is my conversation live from the Wild Goose Festival. Welcome to episode 100. Um, so this is uh, going to be the introduction here, uh, here. So Kevin, when you're listening to this back, this is where you started, okay? <laughs> Future Kevin. Future Kevin loves present Kevin so much. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, what's my opening line? Uh, a tiny revolution contains adults having adult conversations, so adult language is going to be present, just so you know. Um, and hello, welcome to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives. My name is Kevin Garcia, and this is the 100th episode live at Woo! the Wild Goose Festival. <laughs> we have a, as they say, we have a great show lined up for you today, you guys. We're just really excited. Um, I, uh, th- th- here's the thing about me and all of my podcasts. I never go in with a plan for the conversation. I just invite my friends on. And we get really weird <laughs> and just really get really deep on it. And I'm excited for two reasons, because the two people sitting next to me today um, are A, the first guest on the podcast ever, and B, the woman who named the podcast. And Did you know, know? <laughs> So uh, please give a warm welcome to the wonderful, the talented, the illustrious, the beautiful the self-made woman who is building something out of nothing because she's incredible, who's got divine design, who is literally the most good-looking woman at this park. If I do say so myself, if I do say so myself, <laughs> the Reverend Sarah Heath, everybody. Hi. <laughs> I thought he was going to say you. <laughs> That's an intro. Damn. I, I, I know. know. I see. I'm bar- so he said extravagant. I'm just like, I got to live up to that, you know? <laughs> Before every sermon, I would really like if someone would like play that. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> could you be my hype man? That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's my new one. <laughs> I love like to work with. You we have that? to do at least one liturgist podcast where you introduce every guest. Oh, one. <laughs> Wait, huh? he, he hasn't introduced you yet. Oh, is that too much of a buildup? No, 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 no. So again, like you know, there's nothing fluffy about my my work. Um, and the person on my far right, you may know him as a human who answers questions on the internet despite not having any sort of like higher educational degrees. But you know what? He's like, fuck the institution. I know my shit. I am research. I've got the data to back it up. Not only that, but he's got a faith that can move mountains sometimes, honey. <laughs> he's a dear, dear friend, a sweetheart to, uh, to the world, and honestly, your favorite dad. Give it up for the one and only <laughs> science, Mike McCarg. I've done my best to uh, represent the dads today with my attire, so that's not good radio. You all can't see that I'm wearing zip-off camping pants, which yep. are currently zipped off. You are welcome. And a Columbia shirt. We got sexy real fast. Yeah, let me tell you what. I saw those knees, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> we had a prayer session just about it, just yeah, about I your knees. I had to go pray the demon of homosexuality out of me again. <laughs> they say the devil is prowling like a roaring lion, honey. And um, because of that, that is why I'm gay. Um, that's not true. Talk. Um, it? Like, wh- so wait. I don't know. <laughs> so um, this is the hundredth episode <coughs> of a tiny revolution, which is wild because I actually at this point haven't released episodes ninety-five through ninety-nine yet. <laughs> so you know, this is from we're in the future already, guys. This Ooh. is a powerful moment. How does it feel? You to work that far in advance? Oh yeah, I stack my interviews. 
Wow. So that I can go back and just like, ooh, I feel like this person coming here. So like, I threw up a uh, my like interview with my friend Antonia, which you have, haven't listened to that one. It's called uh, Fat and Queer, and it is an amazing podcast about body positivity. And also the time when I realized that I'm like actually like staunchly bisexual, but not in the way you think. It's like a real interesting thing. Um, maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we'll get into. Oh, you know what? Here's a good idea. Um, before I tell, get into this. I want to say. Um, thank you for being here, first of all. It is really, really cool to see people in public because a lot of times working on the internet, you uh, you don't get to see the actual re- like person-to-person relationships. And um, that's what I maintain with these humans is like a person-to-person relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thankful that you guys have been my protectors and my circle and like my hedge of protection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love you and I'm so glad you're here. Oh, we're glad to be here. Oh, Mike's oh, already crying. I'm not on the damn internet all the time. <laughs> so this is me recording a podcast. <laughs> and even now, like, you all get it. The people listening, they don't know I'm See, nodding. that's why. But they're like, he's so deep, he pauses before everything mm. he says. But see, like, I'm the guy who's like, I'm like, uh-huh, mm, yeah, yeah. And then, like, on the other end, I'm like, I can't tell if people are getting annoyed by that, like, on the actual podcast of Kevin going, hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I'm an active listener, so I'm doing it with you in my car. Ah, like, mm, yeah. He's right. It's kind of like the laugh track on yeah. the comedy shows. I'm going to tell you when to have a deep thought. Hmm. Oh. Inception. Right? Is that how that works? I don't know. It is, well, yeah, it actually is. Mike, how does Inception work? No, let's not go there. <laughs> that would take a while. Um, so things that are coming up for myself. I own a t-shirt line slash apparel line called Queerly Beloved. You can go to queerlybeloved.shop. I am I'm wearing one of our designs right here. It's a golden heart that says Queerly Beloved. It's very sexy, very cool, and queer owned and operated. So if you want to support queer businesses and fund the revolution, that's one way to do it. Two, um... I, uh, I'm a full-time creative, and so if you like what you hear today, you could find me at patreon.com slash the Kevin Garcia. Join the community. They have a r- I have a really amazing people who surround me and are part of an amazing Slack channel. Um, and what's anything else going on? Um, I'm planning a, 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 a queer camp. adult summer camp next summer, so and everyone's invited, including straights and Woo-hoo! cisgender people. So um, if you want to be a part of the dopest summer camp experience of your life, you can uh, subscribe to my newsletter and get all that. I'm going to write my book, and it's going to be done in the next couple of months because I'm so sick of not putting it out there, and I'm going to self-publish it. That's my other big announcement. It's going to be really good. Can you tell them the title? The title, working title is uh, Bad Theology Kills, a subtitle, um, An Antidote to Toxic Christianity where uh, I'm going to basically talk about all the crap that's been rolling around in my brain that I've been too afraid to say on the internet because there's this point where I feel like... (laughs) Hold on. You're (laughs) telling me the Christian industrial complex didn't want to publish a book subtitled (laughs) The Antidote to Toxic Christianity wherein you (laughs) write out the things that you are afraid to say on the internet? (laughs) No, it's... (laughs) That sounds. They, that I'm I mean, surprised. Personally, like I'm sold, but I could see it like in a pitch meeting with like one of the like. Like, like this is I'm getting like Walter Brook Mullenow being like, um. <laughs> I've heard you on the internet. What are you not saying? Like that's what they're like. <laughs> no, it's, it's are there drawings? Like what is this? <laughs> no, because it's one of those things where like. Even within, like, progressivism, like, we have this, like, tendency to, like, eat our own. Or, like, my question has been for the past few months, like, what is going to be the thing that's going to get me kicked out of, like, the progressive circle? You know, (laughs) wink, wink, Jamie. We might know someone (laughs) who had a similar title and got kicked off Instagram, so... (laughs) 
it, that's a it's thing. One of, it's one of those things where just like that's I'm always wondering like where the line is. And I think the development I've had in the past, I don't know, like probably four weeks, it's been like a season of season of immense growth. What a line. <laughs> I still okay, like it's because I'm like still a Christian most times, maybe. Tuesday. That's, you usually tell me on Tuesday you're a Christian. Yeah, Tuesday <laughs> feels like a good time. You know, there's like Vespers at the local chapel for me. Uh, anyways, um, but what I realized two weeks ago is I really don't give a fuck if people see me as a Christian or not. And I also don't care if I label myself that way. The, the thing that has come up for me is a question Jesus asked, which was, who do you say that I am? Mm. Yep. Because... I think what we've like learned over the past few months is that it like what you say you believe like it doesn't mean shit. You know, what you say you believe is you know, you know, you can be Donald Trump and say I love Jesus and you know, there was also an airport during the <laughs> revolutionary <laughs> and the rockets red glare over the international airport. Um, <laughs> like you can be a, like a douchebag like that who's literally like raped and assaulted women and call yourself a Christian. And, you know, the public will gobble it up. But I'm over here, like, you know, just trying to make spaces for queer people to explore faith. And it's like, you're not a Christian. You could never be a Christian. Or like you believe science or are a woman pastor. Ooh, I am. I always think that's funny when people are like, do you know you're not allowed to be a pastor? And whenever they say that, I want to be like, what? <laughs> no one told Shit. me. I went to grad school and no one told me. <laughs> you know, it's like, What? It's like this thing, like, oh, my ovaries don't let me. Okay, well, I don't make that much money, so maybe I'll find something else to do. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the weirdest, like, what? It's wild. It is a weird thing. I think people have to understand the difference between orthodoxy and orthopraxis. Okay. So orthodoxy is like if we all have the same thoughts. And for so long, especially American Christianity, has really focused on do we all think the same thing? Here are three things we think. And we're pretty sure it's in the Bible because the dude usually in front of us said it and and all of a sudden everyone's like can we agree around this because then we know our tribe and who's in and out mm -hmm. it is a lot harder if we start talking about orthopraxis or how do we live that out what does that look like mm -hmm. some of my i would say best christian friends would not say they're christians yet the way that they're living right tell me huh there's something going on in there and if i feel there's a Christness in that mm -hmm. then that is the divine and that sacred space between orthopraxy which I'd rather see what you do than what you say honestly done <laughs> that's, that's too substantive and weighty for me to comment oh on. whatever <laughs> no but I, I really think that's the thing it's just like show me what you're doing and mm. I also so think there's a weird thing, like you say, eating your... I think there's this weird thing about the minute you put, like, Christian label on it, I actually think it's right. really difficult and really problematic because then everyone says, well, what version of Christian are we talking about? Yeah, because there's people who, like, you know, hear, oh, you're a Christian, oh, you hate gay people, and I'm like, girl. <laughs> 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 Just the ones that won't date me. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing you ever said is someone said, are you a practicing gay? And you said, honey, I'm professional. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, yes. you were practicing homosexual. I'm like, girl, I get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> not like that. Although, like, you know. But, but $20 not like is that. But $20. not that sex work is wrong at all because at the end of the day, if, like, you know, if I could get it, I would. But, <laughs> but I want to say, hi, babe. It's good to see you. That's my friend, Laura. Laura, man. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You don't have to stay for my podcast. It's okay. We're, we're really. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a roast. Thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let me tell you what. Two of my friends were staying with uh, the Jeremiah and Matthias Roberts. They're not. No, Jeremiah Stanley, who's dating someone else. Not there. Anyways, 
Matthias is still single. So if anybody wants to holler and at really that. And really cute. He kind of looks like Bobby from Queer Eye. Oh, my gosh. Last year, not even joking, walking around Matthias Roberts, this people were coming story. up to him and saying, oh, my God, I just want to say thank you so much for thank what you you're doing. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your work. It's just it's so amazing to see, like, your journey. And, of course, it just makes sense that you're here. And he's like, wow, this is my first year at the Goose. People recognize me. He has a podcast called Queerology. <coughs> so he's like, people are really being impacted. They're like, what you're doing for the LGBTQIA yeah, yeah, which community. is also, it's later today. Uh, it's on the schedule. It's uh, come it's back to Queerology. It's going to be dope. 2.30. Um, and so um, he's like, oh, can we take a picture? And Matthias is like, yeah, of course. He's like, oh, my gosh. I can't wait to tell my wife I saw Bobby Burke at Wild Goose Festival. And none of us wanted to tell him the truth. And he was like, who do you say that I am? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to live into a different identity. You know, listen, I am crucified with Crass and or something. I was at a Christian com- uh, concert thing, uh, and they, for whatever reason, I must look like somebody's wife. Uh-huh. Um, I, I mean, it happened a minute ago, too, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I'm standing there, and they're like, are you, oh, you must be so-and-so's wife. And I looked, and I saw the food stuff, and I was like, yep. <laughs> and so they like, let me in. And then I got a massage by Jars of Clay's masseuse. And I was like, <laughs> but then it got Bitch. weird when they're like, do you want to, are, are you going to be, because they used to travel with the masseuse. I was about to say, Jars of Clay just has like a staff masseuse. Yeah. That is what your tabs are going to. Yeah. Wow. And so it got a little weird when they're like, same thing, we really loved your music. And then I was like, oh crap, they actually think I'm one of the musicians. So then I was like, thank you. And they're like, what inspires you? And I was, God. Like I hadn't, (laughs) which is true, but not in this moment. Oh my God. Sorry. That is funny. Yeah. And I got to meet the guy who re- wrote Left Behind. Yeah, because he was okay. on stage. Can I say an unpopular opinion? You like those books, don't wait, you? Wait, wait, wait for it with a huge caveat. If we just can, like, turn off our brains and just forget about the fact that, like, it's really bad theology and, like, really harmful and problematic and, like, it was just, like, totally just, like, exploitive of, like, the fear center that, you know, evangelical Christianity has wrought upon the world, it's a really thrilling novel. <laughs> Also, you know. how I'd like you to introduce us reading scripture at my church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. This is my unpopular opinion. I don't think that – what was that? James Cameron? What was Not James Cameron. That's a director. Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. I, Kirk oh, Cameron. The, the movie? Yeah, I don't think he did I a great job. I saw that in the theater. Yes, you did. But did you see the one – did you know Nick Cage? I was Cage? like, we got to support Christian movies, y'all. Let's go see this film. I mean, you, you listen, we were talking about just, like, buy, show us what you're about. So you did it with your dollars. Oh. oh. No, that was pre-dollars. That was... No, with your dollar money. Oh, you dollars. <laughs> yeah, Do- I did take my dollars to support that film. Mm-hmm. And I walked out and was like, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was bad. Yeah. Yeah. It would be... It there, I mean, I literally... I did have a guy hit on me one time by telling me he was in it, though. He's like, I'm in... Um, I was in these movies that uh, are called... <sighs> Lift, and I was like, mm, oh, okay. Maybe it was just a paycheck for him, but like it was his first thing. He was like really proud of it, and he heard you were a pastor, so he was like, she's going to be impressed by this. Yeah. <laughs> by the I way, was in a Christian movie. <laughs> I think that was the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um... So in the spirit of, like, talking about how things have changed and mm-hmm. whatnot, I, you know, it's been, I guess it's been three years of the podcast, which is really, really crazy. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess it's, like, my longest committed relationship in many ways <laughs> is with my <laughs> podcast. Um, and so I know that I have had a whole lot of changes, but I'm wondering, um, this is going to be me making it about me. 
Oh. And then also, like, I want to talk about, like, what I've seen in y'all, too. It's like, I want to talk about what's changed about us in the past, you know, three or four years. Hmm. Just in the past three or four years, because I feel like, I mean, I came out four years ago and hit the ground running because, you know... I well, I would say you hit the ground like sashaying. <laughs> you like, oh yeah, I'm honey, here. she doesn't run. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, this woman was up at the cr- ass crack of dawn with that man over there with the muscly arms, and they were running up and down the goddamn mountain. It was true. We out. And then they came back sweating, and I'm like, I need to go pray. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm bisexual now, so I was like, wow. <laughs> so sorry. It's fine. Um. So, yeah, I would say one thing that's changed about me is how, like, openly I talk about sex and desire. Hmm. And I think that has been a really powerful practice for me because, I mean, I, I, I take a, a line from the the book The Ethical Slut, which you, if you've not read it, highly recommend it. Even if you're not somebody who wants to engage with non-monogamy, the way it talks about communication is some of the be- – it's, it's gospel, it's like, what would happen if you asked for what you wanted? What would happen if you asked for what you needed? And what would happen if, like, you actually were truthful about things like jealousy or um, or the fact that you feel insecure even when you shouldn't feel insecure because you're a badass, you know? So, like, that for me, like, has I think that, that radical honesty is something I have begun to adopt, and I think I recently just got, like to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm definitely not lying anymore about anything. And it's like really fucking cool. And that's another reason I'm going to write this fucking book because mm. I'm, s- I'm tired of, you know, lying about like not using tarot cards or being a witchy woman or, you know, all of my weird, ooky spooky, expansive theology. And the fact that I also still love Jesus and I don't even know what that means. But, mm. I think it's one of the things I just so value about you in our friendship is those moments when I, you know, as someone who works and as a full-time pastor and all the other projects that I have is whenever I feel, even in like community or friendships, I'll say something to you like, I don't know if I should say that. And you're always like, it's just information. And yeah. I've, oh, I thought that's been such a helpful thing is you've learned your honesty and your truth is to be able to be like, it's neither good nor bad. It's just information. It's just data. So it's so helpful because um, I think sometimes we like make things bad or good and then we kind of miss out on what's actually happening in front of us. And so I'm really grateful for that. So yeah. hmm. what has changed for you, Mike? Episode one of A Tiny Revolution. I was just like, oh, yeah. Cool person from Twitter. Twitter fave. Also, I was so nervous on that first call. I oh, didn't I notice. remember. Well, that is good because, like, I was shaking. And I also didn't think that you were, like, I don't know. It was one of those things where, like, people tend to not see other people as people. Hmm. And I got to meet you over at the beer tent. Mm-hmm. And I, like, that's, I don't know. That's how I, I didn't. That's how I always know, have known you. Hmm. It's a friend at the beer tent. Yeah. Well, Sorry. that's kind of been like... I saw you as a person for sure. Um, but... <laughs> yes! Good to know. Not, I mean, not as a media figure. Mm. Um, but I have this, like... Uh, constant, perhaps excessive awareness of my whiteness and my maleness 
and uh, my straightness and just all this like space that takes up social dynamically and so like all the good shit in progressive Christianity and spirituality is not coming from whiteness and maleness and straightness all of it and so I have this like tendency to try to like put on my cloaking shield and take up as little space as possible just like try to disappear if I can uh, to to proactively make space for others, counter to the the space society encourages me to take, right? So like you, master's degree, ordination, and people are like, you can't be a pastor. Me, college dropout, deordained, but and people are like, but you read some beard. books, yeah. you're an expert. Wait, like disordained? Right? Like, like they said they defrocked you? Well, you know. They, Which my mom asked if there was a ceremony if that happens. I'm <laughs> like, no, mom. <laughs> there's no ceremony. It's just like the, the you know the. The Southern Baptist Convention wasn't thrilled with the uh, affirming posture mm. and corresponding move to the Methodist Church. Like that just wasn't like it wasn't a thing they were they were throwing. Not a thing. Yes, yeah, so they're just kind of tear just, them. Oh, yeah. So it's not a big deal. I'm not. I'm not angry or sad. Listen, I'll ordain you. But what I experienced, w- starting with that conversation, and then subsequently from you. Um, was this persistent invitation to be, to be myself, to not hide, and that whoever I was and wherever I was in my process and my journey was, like, welcomed and encouraged and loved by you. And that's been um, – we've gotten a lot closer in the subsequent three years, right? Like, um, you've become, like, someone I really confide in and, and – and, um, like a really vital support in my life. And for someone whose tendency is to say, I'm always here to help, but need nothing. uh, Someone like the revolution of love that you represent is to say like, uh, no, I'm not here just to be supported. I'm here to support and love in return. That's relationship. Um, I actually use you as an example uh, in my next book about like, people who push past the boundary of my like my trained white male self-sufficiency and say you know no bitch we are interdependent <laughs> so yes <laughs> if i'm not quoted as no bitch we're interdependent <laughs> not like nah nah girl that ain't it that ain't it sis i think that's the thing that's changed a lot in the last three years even for me I'm a United Methodist clergy member, which mm. is really tough to be right now, if I'm oh honest. And so many times... Um, I can't I'm imagine a, why. <laughs> especially because my community is a really amazingly weird place. Like, it's really... It's weird. You've got, like, a Republican candidate for city council sitting next to a lesbian couple that plays professional football. And it's, like, the most... Com- and they're really close. And it's, it's beautiful. And I have this system now that's saying, like, hey, those weddings that you did... Oops, I'm saying it on the radio. Uh, might mean that you have to give us your piece of paper back. You can let me know if you want to edit that out later. Nah, I don't mind. Um, there's pictures on the internet. Damn. 
Because when the first couple asked me, here I am, a cisgender white woman, I think I have the same experience you do where I feel like my voice, and you're someone who encourages me all the time on this, I'm like, my voice, it's not, who needs to hear another cisgender white woman say, you know, whatever. And uh, The problem with society is not too many women speaking. <laughs> Uh, well, the heterosexuals, you know, and I'm not a mommy blogger, so I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I have Listen, a dog. I mean, that's where, uh, you know, I, I don't give you any credit because you're just not a mother. Yeah, well, I know. Um, but I had this realization that Joke. in this moment when I was being asked by this couple, they're sitting there, and I had this thing where I feel like the Holy Spirit, like I have, a, I get goosebumps, right? And this couple is telling me their story, and it's, oh, it's so powerful. And they say, we've never had someone that we considered was our pastor before together as a couple. And they've been together in nine years at this point. And they said, we're ready to get married, and you're our pastor. Can you do it? And in this moment, I was like, here it is. You know, like, am I going to live this thing out? And then they said the thing that broke my heart. They said, but you don't have to wear your robe. Oh. And we won't take pictures. Wow. <laughs> and that was the moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling you and being like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. And you were like, you can find another job, which is true. Um, yeah. But to think that I, as their pastor, mm. wouldn't do their wedding. Yeah. <laughs> that's harmful. Yeah. So I cheated. And I baptized them. Mm -hmm. Because in the Book of Discipline, it says you have to baptize people. Like, the things you have to do as an ordained elder, you must do the sacraments for members of your church. So I baptized them as members of my church and then married them because it's first in the Book of Discipline. So I was like, I don't, I just did the one that was first. I thought it was more important. So, um, <laughs> but I let them take pictures. And I said, because you're, this isn't a gay, this is a wedding. Mm -hmm. And guys, they walked down the aisle to I can only imagine. And that was the hardest part of the wedding for me. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I don't know if I'm triggered or touched. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all just like, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And also, like, I feel so panicky. <laughs> I can only imagine. But I think. Sung by two men from the gay chorus from LA. It was yeah. beautiful. Um, <laughs> But uh, it wasn't an act <laughs> oh for me. It wasn't an act of resistance because the truth of the matter is I, I don't ever want to steal the voice of the people that should be. We, we both have this problem all the time where we're like, no, no, it shouldn't be our voice. But I remember you saying like, sometimes you have to speak for people who aren't al allowed exactly. to speak in that moment. They so will not let this sister in a room sometimes. Yeah. You know? And so, like, I like it's like you being in your your straight men's pastor club. Yeah, which by the way, if you want to hear about when I had breakfast with Trump and hanging out with my evangelical pastors men's group I'm in, uh, that will be this afternoon. <laughs> Dead serious. Go I'm the to only her girl. <laughs> Um But like that—that's exactly it. Is that like there are spaces where my voice? I know sorry, you're triggered. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, sorry. I didn't put a trigger warning. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> my bad put it later but I think there is this like profound moment where I in the last three years have learned that my voice even though sometimes I get it wrong and I'll call you and be like I don't know what this is like true story I finally admitted I thought pansexual were men who were attracted to young boys like Peter Pan guys yeah that's uh, where I was um this was years ago and I would call and be like what is this and you allow me to be ignorant about things uh -huh. and allow me to like learn things and I think that then amplifies like I hope when I use my voice I use so it well sorry 
And I'm a two, so it's I It's okay. Hate. I swatted it to the floor. You're such an athlete. That's the yes. first thing I think when I see you. By the way, this man calls me. He used to call me before events because I love sports. Like, I'm, I, I love sports, so I'm super girly and also into sports. Whatever. Um, I, he would call me and be like, who's in the Super Bowl? I'm speaking at an event, and I need to know. <laughs> and they'd be like, give me a couple names. And I'm only imagining you on stage being like, Tom Brady. No. <laughs> when I was in college, we had this thing where um, <laughs> I was in a fraternity, believe it or not. Can you also hear me out there? Uh-oh. Check mic one. Oh, did we? Check, check mic one, check mic one. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I, I was in a fraternity in college, if you can believe it. I know. Obviously. Wild. Obviously. So <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously. So um, but we, pl- we played this game often where my fraternity brothers would say, let's make Kevin name professional athletes. So I'd be like, all right, Kevin, <laughs> give me five NBA players. And I was like, LeBron James. Uh... Michael Jordan retired a long time ago. I remember that. Scottie Pippen also retired. Basically, you've, already, you've already exceeded me. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, like, I can only remember um, that which was on Space Jam. Oh, fair. If I'm being honest. That's fair. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, so those, I think, are the things that have changed for me. It's having a bolder voice and not being afraid because I think there's this weird thing where for so long I, yeah, I did work really hard to get ordained, especially as, like, it, it sounds weird, but as like a, a woman, I guess it doesn't sound weird, but as a woman getting ordained and I'm not married and so I have no coverage. Um, and so, yeah. like, <laughs> by the way, there should just be a podcast. Sarah tries to date, like in the hit, hit come on lines. That Absolutely. Lines. A um, dating podcast? I was kidding. There should not, that's not a good idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> L- but listen, we could like, we'll send you on Tinder dates. And then as we're doing the Tinder dates, um, we're going to have a live recording of that person and then we can analyze it to see I'm sure there's a line of men who think that's a great idea yeah absolutely I would like to attach probes to them to get biometrics throughout the day <laughs> yeah and this see. is why we don't <laughs> have why we and then we could do a data driven analysis Ooh. of the underlying physiology moment by moment yeah this is something this is some like NPR and this is why my father calls me an unclaimed treasure <laughs> 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 because of my hedge of protection um Yes, you go out with Sarah. I just need you to wear a wire. <laughs> <laughs> and it's L.A., so they'd be like, okay. Um, oh, that sounds, I, I'm practicing for a role. Yeah. I think there is this thing, though. I think because I worked so hard to get into the club, right, the ordination club, uh-huh. um, I was so afraid that I would disappoint people. I'm a two, if you can't tell. Um, I was afraid of, like, disappointing people or, or hurting people. And so for me to speak my truth is hard sometimes mm. but it's weird how this like rage inside of me of love and you know that sounds funny but I, I don't cry I'm Canadian and British we're literally not allowed to um, and I but when I think about the injustice towards my friends like when people say horrible things like I don't it's my friends and so I think that's the gift of like finally hearing my voice is strengthened by your voice because mm. I think Kevin can't say this but I can yeah because like, I think it's the same idea with like success where like we there's a, the scarcity mindset of that if I have a huge ass piece of the pie mm-hmm. there's gonna be less pie for you 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 because like that person's getting a big slice and that person's getting a big slice and then by the end of it I'm picking up the crumbs from the table and we right. always act we always feel like we can only beg for scraps right mm. rather than seeing it as um, a casserole because like for some reason casseroles there's never the bottom of I'm the dish I'm like yes it's like how many leftovers am I putting in these gallon sized bags for the freezer also, it makes me suspect. I don't make casseroles. <laughs> but it was just, it was, um, 
and I think I but like that's I don't like food metaphors but just like that success and happiness and joy that there is an infinite amount of it because yeah. it's literally like right beyond a peripheral vision if you just turn and look at it in some ways or that just like the the need to get into a club like this idea of like this is one of the reasons I'm struggling so hard with like wanting to stay in seminary is because it's credentialism yeah and like even though like yes I love the knowledge I'm getting it's very important that I know the tradition if I want to speak about my tradition two the pastoral care classes have only helped but I'm already doing what I want to do and I don't need a piece of paper from someone to say oh yeah you are officially allowed to do the thing that God has already called you to do and then I think about like the Bible like you know Melchizedek you know Melchizedek Anyone? Everyone's like, yeah. Melchizedek? Mm-hmm. Melchizedek? Uh, no. Bless you. The or- <laughs> Melchizedek was the, pr- the, the, the priest of the Most High God mentioned in Genesis yes. as Abram is traveling along the way to wherever he's supposed to go, the land that God will show him. And Melchizedek, this is before like mainline Judaism, before first or second temple Judaism came up. So there was, there was no way for that asshole to get ordained. He was just roaming around the desert and was a priest of the Most High God. <laughs> and Abram was like, oh my God, yes you are. Let me give you like 18,000 sheep or whatever because... <laughs> You deserve that as a priest of the Most High God, apparently. But, like, that was the thing. So just, and then Jesus later on was called a priest in the order of Melchizedek. So it was like, all right, hey, Jackie, how you doing, babe? But I think he's speaking to a reality, though, yes. is you can walk in a room and you're already assumed to have so much knowledge, whereas I walk into a room and it's like, it's weird because I, I find myself sometimes like... Ooh, I, I got can, a story for you. I, I can be in this room, you know, kind of thing, or I, can, I feel like I can... I have to have the credentials to even be mm. allowed to the table. Yeah. In some ways. In so. some ways, yes. But let me tell you what. I'm giving less and less shits about the table. Because, like, I, I, there's this thing where Richard Rohr was always talking about, like, being on the edge of the inside, right? Yeah. Which I love that. Being on the edge of the inside so you can still affect change on this system. And I've just come to the conclusion that I don't think I'm even meant to be on the edge of the inside. I am right now You're being called... The wilderness. Yes, I'm called to turn an about face to the sunrise to see the table that God has already made for me and my friends that is much bigger and much larger. And I don't need to worry about like getting these credentials or listening to the assistants or like waiting for someone to give me a permission slip to do the damn thing. Hmm. And so, and I think that's, that's so true for all of us. If we stop worrying about how do I get to the table, you know what? If they want to make a place for me, you know, like a like, sure, I'll come to it. Yep. But I'm not primarily concerned with that table anymore because there's all these humans out here who don't... Like, why do we want to sit there? It is What is uh, Ruby Sales said it on your podcast, Miss Jackie Lewis, I think. Miss Ruby Sales said the other day, uh, it is not an honor to sit at the king's table. And it, what, we, what she meant by that was just like, why do we think that like, we want to like, sit with them? Why do we want to sit with them? It's because like they've told us that this is what normal looks like. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And this is what correct looks like. It looks like uh, able-bodied, cisgender, male, affluent, good-looking, healthy by certain standards. <laughs> Not real healthy. And the thing about it is, is like while that is still a reflection of God, like it is, it's still like reflect like that is also devoid of nuance. Mm. That's devoid of story. Whiteness wants to strip us of our story. Mm. And that is what I think is just so sad among any about anything. It's just like we have like 
it is so easy to not think about it and to just go about it but when we actually if like we say that we want to do the damn thing if we really do want a revolution you know it's it starts with healing that identity of like having forgiving ourselves of like what we did or didn't do so that we can start getting people to say hey stop looking at this table you're like they're not that's kind of what i say about the united methodist church i'm like nobody actually wants part of this i don't know why you guys are like making rules because it's like you know like it's not like it's the coolest place like it's kind of (laughs) like you i love it because it's like my weird aunt that if anyone talked bad about it i'm gonna be like no but yeah she's kind of weird like i i think this is this reality of there's so much goodness and the kingdom of God is so expansive and it's, and it's these things and places and things. And when we open ourselves up to it and we hear voices that are out in the wilderness, I mean, again and again, if we look at scripture, that's what it is. It's hearing the voice calling. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's an unexpected voice and sometimes it's your own. Mm. And I would say you've done a lot to help people find their voice, mister. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's something that, I mean, like, loved your book, by the way. Yeah, it's a great, so great good. book. Um, and I remember reading it on the beach and just like realizing that you gave voice to the things I was already feeling. Like God is at least, hmm. and if that's all it is, it's helped me so much with all of my other practices. You know, you know, who knows if like this whole thing about like you know pain and trauma living in the body. Like I'm still gonna show up to my yoga practice because, you know. Orthopraxy. Yeah, it's it's help. It helps me. It, at minimum, I'm sweating, and sweating is good for me. Hmm. Or like, and literally right now, sweating. Yeah, literally yeah. sweating outside. That's why I tried to put on a face last night, y'all, and I looked good for it. There's a there's one photograph, and then it started sweating off, and I'm like, oh, and now I feel self conscious, and then I like wiped it all off, and it looked like I um, cried my my makeup off <laughs> because just, like, it was so smeared, it was so bad. I'm just telling people it's a smoky eye. Oh yeah, smoky, smoky eye. eye. How much time do we have? I ask. Oh, we have until 1230. Okay. Good. Then there's enough time for me to ask this question. Okay. Oh, here we go. He's oh, it. my God. So <laughs> I grew up evangelical, mm-hmm. which meant um, LGBTQ meant sinners bound for hell. Yeah. yeah. Moved through that. Thank goodness. But then when I moved through that, my understanding was this community is marginalized by the church mm-hmm. and society, frankly. Um, and they're bound together in solidarity as one joyous rainbow family free. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Conflict Jill. or strife within their numbers. Yeah, we've never ever fought with each other. We right. never drag each other on Twitter. So that's what I, that's kind of what I want to get to. You've gone from identifying You've had a change in your identity and orientation. Mm-hmm. What has that been like for you Oof. in your experience and in your community? Mm, I think externally, like, within my circle of people, it's like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, they're just, like, it's ve- they're very down for it. And, like, um, I think it's been really, really cool. Like, I, I came out as gender fluid, gender queer, whatever you want to call it, about a year ago and some change and then I probably about four or five months ago uh, started using they them pronouns but like I'm like I'm really down for any pronouns as long as you're just being nice um, so call me dude call me girl call me sis call me bruh um, call me they the they just a little they <laughs> <laughs> a gentle them um, 
And I think the it's something my friend Austin Hartkey has helped me a lo- unpack a lot. It's just like I haven't felt. Okay, here's a real confession. I took off my makeup last night <laughs> because I felt um, embarrassed. Um, even though I looked so good, I you really, really did. did. Oh, they but, were uh, gorgeous. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but I'm still working through this desire around. Um, it's like when I can't present feminine enough. Yeah. It makes me feel so sad because I know that like the body that I inhabit can never pass. <laughs> and and then it just like and then and then I go like. That's the, that's the surface level fear, right? And what that surface level fear is talking to is that on right here is that I don't feel like I'm enough. But what is the truth under that is that God says that I am. Hmm. And if that's all my faith has given me, then that's enough too. Um, but that change has really caused me to confront my own internalized transphobia mm. that I carry with me. Um, it has caused me to address my own uh, body shame that I have towards myself and how I put it out on others. It is addressed um, like I've recently had some weird food stuff happening so me and my therapist are unpacking that. But I will say that as I have gone deeper and deeper into the mystery that is myself and my body is that I meet God there. Hmm. And that God isn't here to say I'm going to like God, you know, God is saying both. I'm here to fix it, but then the the God face is looking back at me as myself, hmm. and saying, "I can look at that part of myself that is suffering and say, it's okay that you didn't want to wear makeup last night. It's okay. It's okay that you didn't feel masculine enough to talk to that guy at the bar. It's okay that you feel in between a lot. Hmm. I just want you to be okay." And I'm going to be here with you every step of the way. That self-parenting for me and, like, just radical self-compassion is the thing that has propelled me forward. And it is that radical self-compassion that I'm trying to teach people through my, my spiritual direction and coaching, which is another thing I started recently, which is just reinforced that I am called. That was not the original question at all. Um... But How it was is a it good d- answer? Yeah, I know. I was so captivated. Yeah. By it. I was like, so yeah. I will say the thing. Um, the thing. The way that it's impacted me is just that, like, uh, it's just queerness is just if queerness is just the breaking of every single binary that ever was any category that you try to put yourself in, and also categories aren't bad as long as categories can be unlimited. You know, like I we we contain multiverses, right? We have so many different parts of us. And so I have just lived into the fullness of that Christ mystery, if you want to put that language on it, or like the mystery that is the ever-expanding universe. Hmm. Like, if God is that expansive, and I'm holding God here, and God's in this temple, then it's kind of like the TARDIS, right? You know, you open, there's more, it's bigger on the inside. Anyone? TARDIS? Yeah. Doctor Who? There's like four people nodding their heads. Yeah, I saw it Canadian. one time. <laughs> it's a British show, but we, we oh, had two channels so, growing up. <laughs> so good. But yeah, that's how I feel. It's just like, it's it's my change in identity. I mean, like, I always identify as queer, but just like being able to float through the cosmos that is my body and just let it like gravitate to whatever star it needs to. That's been really, really cool. I think that's a beautiful thing, too, is that whenever you do that, whenever you're doing that even as your friend or people who hear you then all of a sudden there's this like moment of like 
for other people. Like maybe I can be inside of my own body, whatever that yeah. looks like. And I think people who have the opposite reaction, like, um, are the people who there's something about their own identity yeah. and who they are. And, you know, I, I think about why do I remain in even church communities? I joke about, I mean, I, I am a United Methodist clergy member. I am because I think what would it look like for people to be in community with people that are different than them? And that doesn't happen that often in the world, right? So we mm. can choose to just always be with our people. But like where I live, I, the grocery store I go to, the gym I work out at, you have to have a certain amount of money to go to the gym I work out at. You have to, you know, Trader Joe's is kind of healthy. Um, so you have to have a certain mm. amount of money to even go there. And I think you could only be in your algorithms if you choose. So for me, church is really an opportunity for me to experience Christ with other people who aren't like me at all and I don't agree with. And I need Ugh, that. Gross. I, need, <laughs> I know. But I need that. I mean, I need it too. I just, you know, I am not as, we're getting sanctified. We're working our way there. <laughs> but I think because I need people to know you. And if you're not ready to be there, mm. then maybe it's okay. Oh, yeah. You know, for, for me to say, okay, this is how we're doing this yeah. thing together. And I'm, I, I don't always have hope, but sometimes I'm hopeful that mm. that's what community is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be a place yeah. where you sharing that helps other people go. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, that's what you and Fish do with, like, the liturgist gatherings. Yeah. Is, like, just seeing that community, like, blossom. It's like, you know... Uh, people who like seemingly have nothing in common except for the fact that we just know we need to be together like mm. like you like you create space for people and like i feel like you need to worry less about the space you take up because you do nobody a service by shrinking yourself and Whoa. you do no and you do know like you know our dear patron saint marion williamson who if you're around um <laughs> i love you Okay, here's the true tea. He's like, ordaining people and sainting them. <laughs> uh, listen, let me tell you what. A Return to Love changed my life. I listened to it twice on the way here because it's on audio. Like, it's only two hours long. Download it. It's worth it. Um, but she said, you know, we're, it's not so much that we're afraid that we are powerless. Our, our biggest and deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. Who are you not to be the talented one, the beautiful one, the intelligent one? That's what we're asking ourselves all the time. But really, who are you not to be that person? Because you are a child of God. And by you shining your light, you give people uh, the permission to shine themselves. And that's what you do. Like, you literally let people shine. And you let, like, you've, like, you're doing it right. You're doing, like, the allyship thing right. And I'll tell you when you're not. <laughs> That's the best thing, though. Like, I do appreciate that. Honestly, allies, you've got to have people who are truth tellers. Because uh, my friend yesterday said, like, it's a co-conspiracy. Like, I need you to be, like, a co-conspirer, right? I need you to... And, I want and, you to go to jail with me. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what it takes. I feel like that might happen one day. But I It feel should like happen. In the People's Revolution, girl, I am ready. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking about the People's Revolution. But listen, you'll get on my secret Facebook page, and then you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a secret Facebook page. He does page. not have a secret Facebook I would recommend organizing over an encrypted group protocol and not oh, Facebook personally. <laughs> Whatever, whatever. <laughs> it lets you maximize your pre-arrest okay. actions. <gasps> Sick. I don't even know what any of that means. If anyone is organizing serious shit of acts of resistance, I rather enjoy helping 
people set up an infrastructure that facilitates that Sexual. in a way right. to secure against Hey, if you're snooping. interested in joining the People's Revolution mailing list. Um, <laughs> it's on Proton Mail. It's only encrypted. Yeah. <laughs> um, just uh, come by later to wherever I am, and I'll hand you the password and the thing, and we'll go to that. So... You need a YubiKey. Sorry, that's a real deep joke. Literally yeah. no one got it. But the people who are listening on the internet, when you hear it, text me, tweet us, tell us if you got it. <laughs> Call in. We're standing by. I feel like we just started like a telethon. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, let me tell you what. This podcast ain't free, bitch. That's a great segue. <laughs> It's a great segue to remind all of you people out there that if you enjoyed this podcast, you can help make more shit like this possible by becoming a sustaining partner on Patreon. It's the easiest way to give to the creators in your life that are making the content that matters. You got one. I got one. You need one. <laughs> Honestly, you could literally make so much good money off of that. Not that it's about that. No. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's the true tea. Like, I spend, like, I think it's, like, I don't know anyone in the creative field of like shit that we do that isn't working 50 plus hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's just like I will do like, you know, four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon, 16 hours into the night, you know, to to make things happen. So all that to say is that um, your your cash does help make ministry happen if you want to put it in those terms. I, it, but let me tell you what. Trigger warning. Listen, I think of what I do as, as a ministry. Because, you know, what we're, what we're doing is we're giving, like, if, what is ministry but making space for people? Hmm. Oh, I like and that. For whatever it is. So all I have to say is please support your creatives out there. Um, it really does mean the world to us. Um, I was talking to our producer last week on the liturgist, and she's like, you know, I started working with y'all, and I thought it was like a media company. And now that I'm in, I've realized it's definitely a ministry. And I was like, don't say that. <laughs> Don't you fucking say that. Never, ever say that again. But you're right. Like, the space-making thing is the difference yeah. that that's also yeah. makes it, like, extra complicated. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. Like, I don't do well with Modern that. Family doesn't care if, like, it hurts the audience's feelings unless it affects ad revenue. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, when you're creating space for people, oh. it's not only a greater responsibility it's a greater desire to serve and help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's also the realizing that like, this is in general, like we only have like 10 minutes. So like we can touch on this, but like five minutes. Oh, we can have 10. Oh, oh thank you. See, that's what allyship looks like guys. <laughs> Making space ministry. You see, it's all ties together. Um, this is what's going to get me kicked out of progressive Christianity right here. I'm just mouthing off. Um, well, I would love to, Let's end on a lighter note, okay. I think, because like I've had a lovely time crying with you on the stage. I know I don't cry. This is weird. Whatever. Well, it's because you're with me, and it's true. because um, and we're with him. It's and true. You guys all make me cry. It's the weirdest. It's thing. because I love you. I love you oh. too. You're just like, oh, okay. I haven't cried yet. Trying to not break the streak. Hey, would you like me to make you cry? Because I can do it. Okay. It's very easy. That's many. It's not hard. This is like I know, but I love like making me cry. Is like make someone else breathe. Like it's, <laughs> there's no challenge. Don't stare into his eyes. He's gonna cry. I love you. You are my friend. We have been friends since we were under that tent. It's fucking working. Okay. <laughs> We were drinking beers. 
And then we cried our tears. Hey, Mike, you are my friend. Guys, you're not going to believe this. He just wrote that. <laughs> oh, me. Hugs. I love you. That was the best. Oh, feelings. Um, well, let's let's talk. Um, I wanted to, Can we talk about the time we saw a guy literally pull a rabbit out of a hat? Oh, we yeah. Went the, we, we went to the Magic Castle. We went on a yes. date to the Magic Castle, all of us, and... It was so good. It was so fun. Oh, my gosh. Tell you what, I didn't have any... You have to dress, fa- you have to dress fancy to go to this club? Yeah. I had no fancy clothes at all, so I went to a Buffalo Exchange, and guess what I found? Oh, it was so good. I found a white tuxedo jacket with embroidering on it. Like, some unlucky groom had to wear this to a wedding because it was hideous. Well, first of all, you were in West Hollywood. That was for sure going to yeah. be in there. <laughs> Two, I found these pants that the lady said Dolce and Gabbana and I said these are women's pants and I'm a woman today (laughs) (laughs) and they're these giant ass bell bottoms that are like a play on tuxedo pants I showed up we looked so good I wore a bolo tie and then we went and saw Close Up Magic, and it freaked me the hell out. I know. I felt so bad because I was punching you, and the you're going, how like, are they doing it? <laughs> I know. It was, it was like this. Was, and we were both just like, hold on. Slow down. Slow down. Do it again. Wait. Hold on. And he's all like. And Mike's over here because Mike is actually a member and card-carrying member. I literally have my magic card in my wallet right now. Because you guys have to prove to anyone I'm a member in good standing of the so Academy credentials of don't Magical matter. Arts. Credentials don't matter except to magicians. <laughs> now my question is now, are you coming out to us as a witch now? <laughs> Which I'm down for because here I am. Absolutely not. <laughs> because... Magicians do illusions that play like that work with the storytelling mechanism of the brain to make Uh, something not real seem true. So, like a pastor of an evangelical church? (laughs) Like, witches actually do magic. Yeah, we do. Magicians just like, that was pretty fun, yeah? How about a dad joke while I prepare the next trick? Like, it's it's a different zone. Uh, It's a different zone. If y'all. Both are amazing, but one is like purely for entertainment. Rock and roll. And but I don't I do understand lo- how either work. I do love magic. Like, I love... In fact, real missed opportunity. I shouldn't have done Ask Science Mike at Magic Goose. I should have just done Magic, Magic Goose. Show. Magic Goose. Magic Goose. Oh, my gosh. Just can't- Welcome to Magic Goose, everybody. <laughs> okay, just, you know... Gonna pull a goose out of a... I think I had that drink last night. Moo I don't know. A moo? I can wear my moo later for you. And, oh, my God, and then I'll be your hot assistant. Yes! yes. Yeah, but well, if we're honest, you're wearing my moo. That's what last happens year. all the time. Last year, let me tell you what. Last year, guys, I had a really wonderful encounter with somebody. <laughs> and um, it was while I was... Listen, he was a very butch guy. Oh, okay. Listen, but I just want to paint the picture. Like, very, very butch dude. And this is what I'm wearing. A giant floppy hat, a low-cut tank top, a pink floral kimono from the House of Heath, (laughs) black booty shorts, and chacos. (laughs) And let me tell you what, I was looking rough, but baby, even on your roughest days, you can get it. I want you to remember that. And I also look at, with you. Listen, <laughs> I, listen. one of my practices, I stand naked in front of the mirror every day and tell myself, you look so good. You could get it. And I just like, and honestly, like <laughs> you send that energy out into the universe, what comes back to you? Threefold, baby. <laughs> For those of you no, at this home. This is not where you think it's going. I used to have really bad body shame. 
then I had a great LSD trip and it just went away. Yeah. And ever since then, every time I walk by a mirror naked, I stop and am literally captivated. Yes. Because your body how is so incredible. Hot. My hairy, obese body looks. I'm just like, listen. God damn, I look great. Yes. Because here's the here's the other here's the other truth is that you are somebody's type. No matter what body you have, <laughs> right. there is somebody out there who wants to have sex with you. That is the damn truth. And so you know what? Open up your heart and just let it begin. Don't think that you have to like have a body that looks a certain way to have sex with any other kind of person that you want to. And consent. for our asexual friends, you can take some attraction toward you simply as an affirmation of your goodness, but not an expectation that you are in any way not oh, normal yeah. or okay. Yeah, here's the here's the damn truth. I told Michael Gunger that he if he and Lisa ever opened up their marriage, I would be interested in hollering at them. <laughs> and you know what he said? Together. You know, yeah, and you know what he said? Thank you so much. <laughs> and that's it. I'm just like, all I want to do is just express that I love you so deeply. I was in that hot tub with you guys. I like, know. <laughs> it's because you want a heterosexual monogamous arrangement. And I love that for you. But that's just not the story I'm telling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, we are running short on time. we got like four more minutes. And so, um, <laughs> what? I like his concept of time. <laughs> What? What do you mean? The four minutes is short on time. That's like we're You're fine. we're running. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to thank you all once again for coming to the uh, to this you know delightful 100th episode. Uh, it was a joy and an honor for me to have my friends here. So it's please so give fun it up. To see. Oh. Yeah. Nope. Go ahead. As I say, it's just really fun because. We all met because you came to my very first talk. I thought no one was going to come because it was and 10 in the morning. And everyone, the tent was packed because of the Holy Ghost. It was 10 in the morning. I was by myself. I was like, I can't. I have my friends told me to come to this thing. I didn't know what the wild goose was. And I walked in with like way too big heels and was like, this is not. <laughs> she I, looked through like, the mud. I'm like, this isn't Coachella. I'm confused. So I like walked in and I was and Mike said, I'll come even if it's just me. But you you have to give your entire presentation, even if it's just me. And I was like. Okay. So and to be fair, that wasn't a lack of confidence in her, but a lack of confidence in 10 a.m. at Wild Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was sitting in the front, and then it filled, and this beautiful human came in. and Looking like a trash I hot fire. I loved it. I loved it. And I was wearing running shorts, this fanny pack, and like a neon tank top. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I, was, I loved it. And you said, and every time as I was talking, you would just be like, yes, and just respond. I'm a Pentecostal woman. Which is helpful. And at the end, you came up to me, and you said, Hello. I am the Kevin Garcia. I did not say yeah, you that. You didn't. He didn't. I am no. not He that. said, hi, I'm Kevin Garcia, and I'm your new best friend. And I was like, that's true. And then you gave me your card, and on your card it did say The Kevin Garcia, and it had all the things It that he had does. my website. It said TheKevinGarcia.com. Yes. Thank you. And it had all these other things, and at the bottom it said Hot Mess. Still and true. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Some things never change. But it was that moment where you guys both brought me into this space and together, mm. and so I'm grateful. I'm glad for the goose. Glad for the goose. Love the goose. Okay, before we hang up the phone or whatever, um, I would love for you guys like share on the internet where people can find you and like connect with you and all that shit. AskScienceMike.com has a link to literally everything I'm involved in. Uh, I'm Rev Sarah Heath on all things on the internet, and I will be doing church on Sunday. So there, that's what I do. Wait, when are you leaving? I'm not this Sunday. I just mean in general. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, and you can find me across the internet at the Kevin Garcia. Um, and I, yeah, lots of. I already gave you all my shit earlier. So, um, 
thank you to both of you for Thanks being for here staying and coming i love you fun. thank you for coming so until uh until we hang out again please uh make sure you take your meds mm-hmm. call your therapist move your body drink some water eat something delicious and know that you're very very loved and really just a fucking badass thank you for being here today this has been another episode of tiny revolution my name is kevin garcia and i'll talk to you bitches next time bam, bam, bam. <laughs> let's give them some come on We've all just had a tiny revolution right here in this town. Someone, someone come take a picture of me and my friends real quick. Not going to lie, listening back to that episode was incredible for me. Um, so once again, thank you to Mike and Sarah for being on the show. Thank you for being such a supporter of my work. Um, and just you know, being my friends. I have so much fun with y'all. <laughs> Um, thank you to everyone who came to the event. Thank you for you for listening to the 100th episode of A Tiny Revolution. I won't go over all the things. Um, just want to remind you, uh, you know, this, you know, I, this podcast is made possible because people like you support the work on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is by now, Patreon is a way for you to support the creatives in your life that are making the content that matters. So if this episode was good for you, if you loved uh, hearing you know our stories and you want to hear more stories like it, you can become a supporting partner on Patreon. Even as middle as like you know, five bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, whatever you want, is really really helpful in the creation of content like this. It's just getting into the hands of people who need it. Um, I'm just honestly beyond blessed to have been on the air for three years um, because of support from people like you. So I hope that if you are out there and you're listening to this and you loved it, that you will consider becoming a patron so that we can continue to make more content. Um, we're retooling the rewards in a little bit to update them and make them accurately reflect what I'm actually able to do. Um, and, uh, I hope that you'll join me on Patreon to really, um, I'm just, I'm just so thankful for all of y'all who have made this possible. So thank you so much. Seriously. I love y'all. Um, uh, one more time, just for the people in the back, Reimagine Mas- Reimagination Masterclass um, is going to be live. Is already live, so go ahead and register. We're going to kick off on the 22nd. Can't wait to get y'all in there and start reimagining life together, doing more artistic things. Um, and like I said, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a, a break from producing new episodes on Tiny Revolution for a while, but there's going to be encore episodes every week. I'm going to go back into the archives, like episodes that you might have not have heard, my favorite episodes, your favorite episodes, the ones that really got the ball rolling. I'd lo- I'm going to share them and reshare them because like they did so much for me. Um, so like the quality might not be as good, but let me tell you what, the content baby is queen. Um, anyways. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the 100th episode of A Tiny Revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia, and uh, talk to you later, baby. Bye. Excited. <laughs> we have three minutes. Can I tell y'all a joke while yes. we're waiting? I'm ready. It's the same joke I tell at every single thing I do. I'm not ready. <laughs> it's a funny joke. Okay. Because now I can lean back lean and be back. lazy. Oh yeah. Um. So here's my joke. <coughs> I'm gonna stand up and do it. Hi. Welcome to Just the pre-show of a tiny revolution. My name is Kevin Garcia. Um, Woo! 
Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and so this is how I start all of my talks and shows. <sighs> there is a man, and he has a pet pig who he loves so much and would do anything for. And then one day he comes home, and his pet pig is not responsive. And he's like, okay, this is very strange. He has to feed it and pet it and, like, pick it up and move, but it's just not responding. And he's like, oh, my God, I need to take my pet pig, who I love so much and would do anything for, to Dr. Jerome's veterinary clinic. And so he takes him to Dr. Jerome's veterinary clinic. And he says, Dr. Jerome, my pet pig, who I love so much and would do anything for, is not responsive, and it's not eating, and it's not moving, and it's just like kind of like not breathing, and I don't know what's wrong with it. Please, Dr. Jerome, help. I'll do anything. And Dr. Jerome says, I'm so sorry, sir, but your pig is dead. And he says, no, Dr. Jerome, it cannot be true. I love this pig, and I would do anything for it. S please, is there anything you can do? And Dr. Jerome says, there's a couple of things we can do. And so he leaves the room, and he comes back with a dog. And he puts the dog up on the table. dog walks over to the pig and, like, sniffs it and, like, does the this thing with his nose with it. Hops off the table, looks at Dr. Jerome, and says, woof, woof, and leaves the room. And he says, I'm so sorry, sir. Your pig is not is dead. He's like, no, Dr. Drum, it cannot be true. Please, is there anything else we can do? And Dr. Drum says, there's one more thing that we can do. And he leaves the room, and he comes back with the cat. He puts the cat on the table. Cat walks up to the pig and kind of, like, sniffs it and, like, paws <laughs> at it. And then he hops off the table, looks at Dr. Drum, and says, meow, meow, and leaves the room. You can do it. <laughs> and um, he says, I'm so sorry, sir. Your pig is most definitely dead. And the man says, I understand, Dr. Jerome, that my pig is dead and that there's nothing that we can do about it now. Please hand me my bill so I can go bury my dead pet pig who I love so much and would do anything for. And he hands him the bill. And he looks at it. He says, Dr. Jerome, this is confusing to me. Why is it $2,500 for you to tell me that my pig is dead? And he said, well, sir, it was just going to be um, you know, $20 for the copay, but then you wanted us to do the lab work and the CAT scan, so. <laughs> oh. Oh. Welcome oh. to a tiny revolution, everybody. <laughs> Kevin Garcia, everybody. And it only Central. gets better. <laughs> That's a word for it. <laughs> I respect that joke so much. Wait. That's because you're a wait, dad. He's got, he's got to intro us first before we. Well, I don't have to. This is Kevin Garcia. The podcast is called A Tiny Revolution, which in itself says so much. And now we're going to experience. He's got two amazing guests who he will introduce. And away we go. Kevin, take it away. Are we recording? We are. Are you sure? Well, I have to double check that. But yes, we are. Okay, cool. Because this has happened to me before where I forget to record my own damn podcast. So 